look at James smile. Look at him smile and he likes it. I, I mean, I don't know if it's an action movie <laughs> podcast, but I like it. How's it? It's like an intro music to uh, to an action movie. There you go. Yeah, I can see that. Like, uh, like the beginning of uh, like uh, Hard Target or something. Yeah. The dude in a duster walking against the wind. Yeah, the living. I feel like, I could, I feel like you would. Uh, this would be on like from Dust Till Dawn. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Going Commando. I'm indeed your host, Tank Rodriguez. Join with me on my co-host. We got Dirty Dirty Derek. How you doing? What's up, guys? How you guys doing today? And then, of course, we got Jimmy the James Dean. What's up, my brother? What's up, dude? Like this one. I, I, the fact that you smiled a little bit, you're all where's this going? <laughs> anyway, it had like a real ACDC feel to it. Yeah, Today we are doing movie duos, but before we get into that, what have y'all been watching this week? Jimothy James Dean, would you like to go first on this one? I think I went first last time. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so I've been, as far as relevant to this podcast, um, I've been watching a ton of horror movies and then catching up on uh, some old seasons or some uh, rewatching some uh, old seasons of Star Star Trek, like a giant nerd. But uh, before, but I've also been for the past few weeks, I've been like just rewatching a ton of old kung fu movies. Um, and I bought, found a bunch of my old VHS ones, so I've been brought, you know, I brought those out. Um, and so I was really in getting back into Jackie Chan over the last couple of weeks, and then I watched some of his films um, recently. Uh, and then I watched just randomly. I, I mean, I don't know if you're, I mean, you know, your phone is always listening to you, which is always super creepy. You have a conversation with your friend, then next thing you go on Facebook, and they're advertising something relevant to the thing you were just talking about. But uh, on YouTube just recommended me this um, video uh, breaking down the films of Jackie Chan by this uh, YouTube channel called every frame of painting, just like a 10 minute video, but it was one of the best videos I've ever seen as far as breaking down what makes Jackie Chan film so special and the mechanics of the way he shoots. And a lot of it is like, you know, if you're a diehard action film fan, especially if you're a fan of like Asian action films and Asian martial arts films, the fact that they keep the camera on, it's all wide shots. It's, you know, they stay on the action. They don't try to break away with weird edits because they're trying to make up for people with sloppy, uh, you know, or, you know, trying to hide the fact that stuntmen doing the action. Um, obviously there's that, but there's, there's a ton of really great insights into um, the decisions that Jackie would make as a director and in the difference between like somebody like Sam O'Hung, you know, making a Jackie Chan movie versus a Jackie Chan movie made in the West. And it's just really fascinating. And I was like, man, this, this guy in this podcast um, is pretty insightful. And I was like, I'm at to uh, this YouTube channel, I should say. Um, but weirdly, like it had, it had a shit ton of views and it had something like, you know, 17,000 likes, but it also had 4.8 thousand dislikes. I'm like, what the fuck is, why are people disliking this video so much? But that's the internet. But I really was, I really enjoyed it. It's something who's, I've read, I have a, I have Jackie Chan's biography. I've, you know, I've talked about Jackie Chan on other podcasts and even on this podcast. And, um, yeah, we still haven't revisited know, Kung Fu yet. We need to. Yeah. I mean, I could talk about that all day. Um, but yeah, so I've been doing that. Um, I've been, very much back gunning and like older stuff that like 
you know, Shaolin Master Killer, Enter the 36th Chamber, like a lot of the classics I've been trying to rewatch. And then stuff I haven't seen in before, like Snake and Eagle's uh, uh, Shadow and stuff like all these different 70s kung fu films. Uh, so, yeah, that's ba- basically as far as relevant to this podcast is mainly what I've been watching. Nice. Yeah, I've been I've been in the same. Of course, it's you know we are officially into fall, and uh, and that means it's uh, time to get spooky. So it's uh you know much like James, very much on the on the horror movie kick. Um, so, but trying to mix it up a little bit and keep it keep it versatile, as they say, uh, with my watching habits. So obviously, I, I've been watching. Uh, anybody who watches The Boys season two knows it only comes out once a week. So very anxiously every Friday, wait for the new episode. Uh, Got got some good uh, episodes this season so far. Saw some superhero fucking last week. Uh, <laughs> so anybody who's watched last week's episode, a lot of it. If you ever wonder if superheroes do it, they do, and uh, and that was showcased uh, in in not as gratuitous fashion as I thought it would be, um, but uh, still still very good. Answered a lot of questions. Um, I watched a uh, did, real quick. Derek, to interrupt you, yeah. I'm sorry, but uh, did you hear they're doing a uh, like an spinoff uh, spinoff for the boys? yes r-rated teenage superhero spinoffs yeah. like, like college age yeah like yeah very weird we'll see not not i mean the the comic is different you know one shots and stuff but that's not related but it, it might be interesting i'm enjoying the the, the show a lot so i'm sorry, but yeah. I'm sorry for no 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 you're fine like i yeah i'm curious how they're um curious how they're gonna gonna spin that off uh you know, I don't know if they're maybe a time jump or, or whatnot. Obviously, if anybody's watched, like, I'm just a spoiler here. If anybody hasn't watched season two, obviously, uh, we know about about Homelander's son, uh, who was who's procreated with uh, with Billy Butcher's wife, and uh, he's a soup. So maybe they'll follow him. But yeah, I, I just read about that. Very excited about that as well. Uh, watched a little bit of Netflix with the fam tonight, and watched uh, Ebola Holmes. Uh, with Millie, Molly, Mandy Brown uh, from Stranger <laughs> Things. Um, yeah. Um, Henry Cavill as Sherlock Holmes. Just her, Sherlock Holmes is very jacked in this movie. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't know what to think about that. Not not my version of, of Sherlock Holmes, but I guess Robert Downey Jr. in, in that other version uh, was also kind of jacked. And I guess Benedict Cumberbatch in, in theory for Doctor Strange was also jacked. Uh, except as well. Will Ferrell. Except yes. <laughs> except you know John C. Riley though, he was he was you know, he was ready to put up his dudes. That's my favorite Sherlock Holmes. Um much everybody's dismay. Hey, really, yeah. really quick, uh, and, and we'll yeah. get back to what you were saying, but I, I just want to do as far as, like, <laughs> jacked. When you said jacked, it, it just uh, in our uh, Stable of Studs, uh, you know, messenger room, uh, there were, well, no, actually it was in the, in the, uh, the... Super Friends room. Yeah. Yeah, that's all. Peacemaker, John Cena, thoughts? Yeah. Ah. I mean, I haven't seen the movie, but I'm excited. That's a, a very obscure character yeah. uh, that... Uh, I'm of course a fan of, uh, uh, and you know, it, it's crazy how accurate the costume that James Gunn managed to make the costume, you know, compared to especially a lot of how cinematic costumes get treated because his costume is very bizarre. Uh, that yeah. his helmet is very bizarre, but I'm excited, man. If anybody can pull it off, it's probably John Cena. So I'm excited. I, I just hope yeah. it's not like a, like, like a Deadpool kind of sarcastic, like to where he's not taking the role so seriously. Cause that's how it's written. 
Like, I just want, like, a serious John Cena role because, you know, like, being a wrestling fan, you see John Cena, like, he is a serious wrestler, yes, but, like, he's so serious that he knows, like, the times to play, like, you know, to, to joke around, and I just hope that doesn't happen. Well, Daddy's I mean, I home, think, too. I think in the in the in the James Gunn's this new Suicide Squad movie that he'll first play the role in. I mean, I think this character takes himself way too seriously, which is, I think, where the comedy will come from. I don't think he's yeah. going to be like jokey, like slapsticky. I think it's going to be more of he's like kind of a lunatic and like you know the whole the whole premise of the character, which is similar to the comic but way overblown, is the whole point that he believes in peace so much he'll kill to get it. Like he'll do anything to to get peace, and so James Gunn's turning that up to eleven. And and I think there's an yeah obviously there's a comedic element inherent in that. So yeah, oh man, I'm excited. I don't, I don't know you know I, at first I didn't know if it was going to be animated if it was going to be live action. Apparently it's a prequel to the James Gunn film. So yeah. we'll see. That's that's what confuses me. So like yeah, I have I have thoughts on that. Um, so, you know, anytime you tell me that there's a prequel coming out with a character that's that's in a movie that's yet to be released, you know, I I get excited about it. But then I'm also thinking to myself, like, obviously, the Suicide Squad will come up before this uh, this prequel on on HBO Max, and um, will will the character like I, I hope the the character story arc in the Suicide Squad movie like doesn't end or is left open ended. Uh, because I, I hate to see the guy get killed off in the first five five minutes yeah, and then do a pre- prequel to it. Because then I know the end. I, I know he's going to eventually get yeah. blown up, uh, eaten by King Shark, or whatever the case may be. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see um, if they if his involvement in the Suicide Squad is, is just a very, like, early involvement. And then they tell the backstory or, like, whatever they, it comes out to be. It's definitely very interesting. I think um, I think Adam Danger put it best when he said, like, DC is doubling down on the weird um, yeah. this time around, but I, I do agree with James. If James Gunn can, can pull it off, um, you know, I think anybody can pull it off. So yeah. I am pretty excited to see his version, a, the suicide squad and B, um, of this, of this video. If it's, if it's, uh, on a, on a, you know, one of the premium channels, at least I know that it's, it's one going to be probably graphic. Um, at least I hope so. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, fingers crossed for some violence and nudity on this. Um, <laughs> You know, but I think I think it'll be good. But yeah, man, the only other thing I watched, I just watched a movie. It's, it's probably more in the vein of of our other uh, Texas podcast master uh, show. But I watched a movie called No Escape, and you would think that that would sound like a very much like a Steven Seagal uh, action movie, but it was a <laughs> it was it's a weird escape room movie that was like a combination of. Uh, like escape room, hostel, and uh, and April Fool's Day, like all wrapped into one. Uh, it was very inter- It was it's very interesting, um, but it wasn't terrible. So, uh, isn't No Escape it. also the name of the those Sylvester Stallone prison movies? No Escape. Nope, that's a uh, what is it? Uh, no, Escape Plan. That's Escape that's Plan. Like there you go. Escape Plan. Yeah, um, where he teams up with uh, Schwarzenegger, or Dolph Lundgren, or, or anybody. Uh, and then, well, the yeah. third, the third one, it's Dave. It becomes Dave Batista movie. It does become Dave Batista in that one. Um, yeah. Anyways, and we'll talk about it on our other show. I watched that movie called The, the Row with uh, uh, Randy. Uh, it's a guy from uh, Randy Couture. The, the rest Randy of Couture. Did they call up live again? Yeah. yeah. Uh, which was uh, terrible. So. 
<laughs> yeah, man. It's, it's mostly been horror, but I've been trying to sprinkle a little bit of uh, action in between. And uh, so I'm, I'm uh, pretty excited to talk about today's uh, episode. One thing I didn't want to talk about, raise up with you guys, is what do you guys think about all the uh, all the timeline changes for all these movies coming out? I realized today that like talking about what we watch new is probably going to be pretty irrelevant for a while because yeah. uh, you know unless it's new to us and not new to everybody else. But man, all these all these timelines are getting super compressed for movies. Um, I, I think twenty twenty one is going to be like a fucking action. I'm going to limit the movies. It's going to be action packed like once yeah. they reopen because it's going to be nonstop. I think at some point they need to fucking just realize, look, you can keep pushing these films back, but at some point, like just release some video on demand. Mm. They've already proven we've, it's already proven that people can make, you can make your money, but they're, yes. I don't know, studios or. Way better than tenant. What's up? I said the most recent video on demand released it way better than uh, Christopher Nolan's tenant. And that yeah, exactly. could be the movie itself. Uh, I, and that's Hollywood is always the they, they're so for such an in, in movie that's you know seen as like being you know a kind of a cutting edge medium they're not they're very they hold on to the past they they're very slow to like sort of adapt to the time and the whole structure the whole you know distribution thing for film is has been very uh, uh, volcanic very uh, uh, explosive in the last few years because you know theater and i'm a theater guy i love going to the movies i love going to the theater but you know people at this point want to do things from home they want to do it from the comfort and safety and quietness of their own home so yeah um you know but you know cinema chains are really like have a huge you know stake in the film business and you know a lot of film companies don't want to upset the theater chains because eventually they figure this will be over and but it's just dude just release your movie just well, at this point, well, well, on, on the flip side too, like if there's if if there are delays, that's only good for editing on the you know on the back end. You know, to make sure to catch like uh, any kind of uh, good edits that you know maybe that that were overlooked, uh, and maybe it's sometimes like, hey, you know what? Maybe this isn't that good. Maybe we need to re- do some B footage on here. Yeah, but look, first first off, look, that that's what the people who did New, New Mutants thought. Um, and two, uh, as Derek as Derek already pointed out, at some point it may actually blow up in their faces because there's going to be so much more competition because all yeah. the theaters are waiting that they're going to release them all at the same time. That I mean, already like with um, I know uh, I'm blanking on which oh it was um, King Kong versus Godzilla, which I'm very much looking forward to, yeah. um, is now going to go head to head with. Uh, Black Widow, yeah, Black Widow, so, right? So, like that, you know, that's a somebody's losing in that scenario. Um, well, that's so. the thing is, like, you know how, like, normally, like, when we look at like uh, movie timelines, right? Like, previously in the past, like January, February, were kind of like a dumping ground, and like, you know, it was a t- actually a time, really, a time for horror movies to come out because that was like nothing blockbustery was coming out, and then you would get into like. April and May, and that's when they would all come out. And then how? And then uh, the Oscar nominee movies come out in like you know November, December, and it was just a very systematic way of doing things. And now, like so compressed, it's like a no man's land. It's like every you're battling, you know, Ghostbuster Afterlife and Fast and Furious Nine in space, and you know, <laughs> so many movies that are uh, Godzilla versus King Kong and. All these movies are like just like one to two weeks apart. Like Batman, I just don't know how people are gonna either one 
they're really expecting people to like take all their money and go to the movies every weekend, which yeah. like, unless you have like a movie pass or something like that, right. You're that's not going to happen at the cost of movies every weekend. Um, so something's gotta, gotta give it maybe like to your point, James, maybe just blow up in people's faces, uh, just release it and let it fall where it may. If it's really that great, you can always do a theatrical run, after the fact, I mean, you do that all the time with movies, right? Exactly, especially if it does well. Like, and, you know, Hollywood is greedy as fuck, and, like, you know, I mean, all, I mean, that's how capitalism works, but it's like the rest of us are stuck at home, you know, we're trying to keep safe, but Hollywood's main concern is just maximizing their profit. And it's just like, dude, just take 2020 as a loss, just like the rest of us. Like, release your movie, hopefully it does well. It's down the shitter. It's really good. Like people will buy it. Two or uh, trolls <laughs> too, and these different things have proven to be financially feasible and successful. So world tour, let's do it. Anyways, but yeah, good topic or a good question. Yeah, no, no, it's it, it's good. You got to get thinking today. I watched a um, I, I catch this YouTube video called Side Flick with uh, actually a fellow fellow Texan as well, uh, Chris on uh, the 3C Network. He, he does a pretty good job. He, he handles a little bit of the the smaller movie news um, does some, does some great videos, but yeah, he was talking about this today and it got me thinking about how, like, wow, like I know people get amped about it, but just to, you know, everybody's hurting right now financially. You just don't know how people expect to, to be able to, you know, take their family to movies like every week, you know? So yeah. on the we'll same man, I will say there's been, I've seen a lot of, you know, my social media is like grown ass men crying about, Oh, they <laughs> push back Halloween kills. It's not fi-. like, dude, nobody, it's a movie. Fucking relax. Yeah. You'll see it when you see yeah. it. Kind of like, yeah. And, and there's still so many movies. Like one thing I'm finding, I don't know if you guys noticed this as well. It's like, yeah, out of necessity, right? Like there's, there's something to watch. We're just finding stuff I've never watched before yeah. um, to catch up on or binge watching some stuff that I haven't seen in a very long time because there's really nothing new coming out. Um, so, well, and I mean, as we'll discuss in our next podcast, I've been giving a lot of like direct to streaming movies a shot in the last couple of yeah. weeks. And I've been pleasantly surprised. In fact, that may come up again on our next, uh, you know, horror podcast. So it's a crazy yeah. time, but all, uh, all you, I know is we're definitely not starving for content. There's yeah. content out there. Well, do you, do you think once like people start, you know, once like, like, you know, uh, bands are lifted and you know, it's, it's more of a social atmosphere that people can go freely to the movies without any kind of restrictions. Uh, do you think in order to to get more people in the doors that prices will drop or increase? I don't see them dropping. You yeah, I mean? No. I mean, the thing is, theaters make their money with concessions anyway. Right. So, it's like, but they're going to try to eat, especially with the the fledgling. Um, you have like like locally, we have uh, one of the best theater chains in the country. We have uh, Alamo City um, Draft House. Um, Alamo Draft House. Like, Alamo Draft House. Uh, did I say Alamo City? Yeah. I think I'm. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Yeah. I actually bought an Alamo Draft House hat today uh, at the thrift store. I just couldn't pass really? it up. Yeah, I did. Nice. It's awesome. Yeah. I like that. I, lo- I support them. I love them. I love everything they do. But they're like, you know, right now, especially locally here in San Antonio, like they're, you know, they're, their landlord uh, here in San Antonio proper is suing them. Like, it's like, you know, they haven't paid rent because they haven't been open. And, uh, you know, so if. God forbid if once they open, if they do charge a little more for tickets or whatever, or if they're like, hey, if you join, the, if you spend 50 bucks and join this club, but what, dude, I'd support it. I mean, yeah. like I said, even though I, like I said, just release your movies now on, on demand. When theaters open up and it's safe to open up, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll happily support them. And like I said, pay extra, a little extra if I need to. Especially if you're doing great 
shit like what Alamo Drafthouse does with their programming and their, you know, yeah, everything they do. So, yeah, I think the uh, the only theater that they have open right now is the, the Stone Oak one. And, uh, you know, hey, go where the money is. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. But anyway, I dig, I digress. Um, but yeah, our, our topic tonight, well, it is time for the topic of the night. And uh, this got me thinking the other day. Duos. Duos. Yeah, I thought the other day, you know what's better than one great protagonist in a movie? Three. Is, uh, is two, is, is three. Yeah, well, in some <laughs> cases, three three is not a crowd. Um, <laughs> to quote Vince Vaughn, that's called the trifecta. Um, <laughs> but two, right? A good, a good duo. I know we did buddy cops, but I think there's just so many other great, like, great duos throughout like movie history that uh are sometimes a like not a, a little underrated um but b like really make the film a good movie chemistry is uh really a, really important to a film and when you get two people and i was just the example of even just like in a marvel movie is my my two of my favorite bantering duos is uh is uh thor and loki because they have this like great love hate relationship and they're always shitting on each other and it makes me laugh um or <laughs> or uh the rock guy and uh and meep uh korg and meep uh oh yeah and korg and uh, um oh god the he's from the comic and yeah. that, that's meep. I don't, is it meep i don't know he's from the comic but uh yeah, like, little roach dude um yeah you did no you're not i mean dude <laughs> first off yeah. i mean anything that uh uh Taika Waititi voices. I'm already a fan of. So yeah, you you won me over. Even Hitler, exactly. <laughs> and that says and that says a lot. But yeah, I thought like it's a great discussion to talk about our some of our favorite standout like movie movie duos uh, come up. And I, the first one I want to bring up is uh, is Tom Arnold and uh, Schwarzenegger in True Lies. That's a oh, great one. Oh man, that is a yeah. great one. Yeah. I wasn't that's even not Tom, thinking of that, but that's Tom a great never gets a, yeah, I mean, he, he, in a lot of ways, he should not get a lot of credit, but, uh, <laughs> um, in, in true lies, he definitely should. He, he's a great, uh, during that time period, a great comedic asset to, uh, to Schwarzenegger's, uh, Harry Casker of, uh, spy, spy territory. So he, that's always one that's a great duo to me that gives me a good chuckle. And, and I love the chemistry between the two of them. I always was bummed that they never did a sequel to that movie. Um, like they were supposed to. It, it's weird. Uh, actually, I learned. It's weird that you mentioned that one first. Uh, yesterday, I was reading. Um, just oh, actually, I wasn't reading. I was watching a watching a stream yesterday, and this guy uh, got a uh, True Lies uh, Blu-ray, and he was just talking about how the price is going up on that movie specifically for some reason. Like it's getting harder and harder to find. It's so weird. But it's such a badass fucking movie, man. It is. Oh. It is. And- and it- and I think like, to your to your to your point, uh, they're a great duo together. They're really, for whatever reason, their chemistry was really worked. And I also have to say, by the way, before we, because uh, well, we we've disparaged old uh, 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 Tom Arnold on this podcast a few <laughs> times, but you know, I actually kind of like him, and I think he's a pretty. There's a movie called Happy Endings, um, uh, which is like this sort of indie movie that came out in the early thousands. Um, so the Anna Ferris. No. So it's with, um, uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal, Jason Ritter, um, Lisa Kudrow, um, 
Tom Morrow basically plays like this rich guy and his son uh, is basically like he's an in the closet uh, guitar player in this band. And he's kind of he's kind of a, a a jerk off, but he does. He's in the closet. He doesn't want his dad to know he's gay. And Maggie Gyllenhaal plays this like grifter who just, yeah. you know, it's all anyways. He, but Tom Morrow plays like this like rich dad. And he's really good in it. He's like he's like sincerely like a good guy. Like he's well meaning, but he's kind of a dope, which is very what much in Tom Arnold's wheelhouse. But uh, I know I always liked it, and I, I really like that movie, and I always like Tom Arnold in it. But uh, I loved him in Bully. I loved him yeah, in no. Bully with uh, yeah, was, uh, <laughs> yeah. He's good in that movie. Yeah, yeah, I do agree. I do like Tom. I know we've we've ripped on him, and he hasn't always started in the most like award winning no like movies either. But I think the ones that he that he, he is in, I think he does a good job and. Uh, I totally agree. I think that's uh, one thing I've always appreciated about Tom Arnold is he's very self-aware. Like that's the one thing. Yeah. A lot of those dudes are not yeah. self-aware. Tom Arnold is very self-aware of who he is. Um, but I have to say, so if we're going to talk about movie duos, I have to bring up one of my favorite movies ever made. One of my childhood favorites uh, that I've watched so much. I burned through a VHS copy. We had to buy another VHS copy. I watched it so much. And that is Tango and Cash. Which is, literally was next, like in my my brain, uh, and also when I when I talk about this with a uh, with, with a few of my friends offline, it's like they were like, "Don't forget to bring up Tango and Cash." So thank you, Mike and and Nick, for bringing that up. So dude, it's it's essential viewing. It's one of the most tough movies ever. Um, first off, how do you go wrong with that combination? Of Sylvester Stallone, who is already, you know, uh, he's Sylvester Stallone, but then you add Kurt Russell to it, it's you don't get better than that. And every, all the dialogue is so over the top and dumb and so gloriously stupid, but in the best way possible. And uh, I mean, it's, it's like they constantly making fun of each other, calling them tripod. And like, it's, anyways, it's, it's a, you know, the whole lap, first off, it's got a young um, Terry uh, Hatcher. Young Terry Hatcher, who yes. at that time was something else and then uh for and you've got jack palance as the villain dude that's yeah. all i need in life so and, by, and byron james is the freaking muscle yeah by the way he is from my hometown of redlands or was I? he's passed away but uh, oh, he was he from my home cal- hometown of uh, redlands california he's the pride of redlands so uh always been a fan of the fact i've always been a, a fan of his going all the way back to blade runner and then knowing he's from my hometown is a uh, Extra, you, extra. You cool. didn't bring up your other favorite person who's in that movie. Uh, the Rob- uh, squeaky what? <laughs> Robert Zadar. Oh, that's right. That's the I mean. In fact, that's how everybody knows him is Conan. You broke that jaw. <laughs> oh God, Robert Zadar. How did? Yes, I mean, there's a thing. The movie's so there. It, it gives you something. It's a great cast. Do when he's got the uh, uh, the chair on that guy's throat. Um, oh yeah. Got every. Anyways, but I mean, obviously, like, Stallone's good in that movie, but that movie is Kurt Russell's movie. He's definitely, uh, uh, Cash is definitely the cooler of the two, in my opinion. But, uh, anyways, well, great yeah. movie. It's of course. Start to stop, stop to start. I mean, it's one of the, my funnest action films ever made. So, and it's weird because it didn't do well at the time. It got made fun of a lot. I don't think it was understood as well at the time, but, uh, I loved it. But I think it's become one of those movies that, like, now people start to appreciate because, you know, both the intentional humor and maybe the non-intentional humor. But again, the line like "Rambo's a pussy." I mean, I, I, so I saw that in the theater and I guffawed. I almost <laughs> fell out of my chair as I whatever <laughs> eleven years old ever it was. But uh, anyways, got if you're bringing up uh, action movie duos, that's to me is the number one for me. 
Yeah, without without a doubt, that's a, that's a great uh, that's a great duo. And we talked about actually, funny enough, we talked about Jackie Chan earlier, and uh, and I always thought the chemistry between uh, the Rush Hour movies, Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker, was always a great uh, great duo. I know they're they're more like the more the buddy buddy cop comedy, but um, but not initially. And um, I always thought that they had great chemistry. I thought their fight choreography was good in that movie, uh, even for for Chris Tucker, and uh, you know, always. Jackie Chan's a, a gem, anyways. So, um, just just the idea of the two of them together always always cracks me up. I always thought they had great on screen on screen chemistry, and uh, yeah, really 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 like them as well. Um, and those movies are always funny to watch, man. It's just crack crack me up, even for for the dumb humor. Um, I don't, again, I think I mentioned this before. I don't think I've watched watched any of them in. Like a decade, I probably should rewatch them. They come on uh, AEW like after AEW like all the time now. Okay, well, <laughs> I know. I I think I watched uh, uh, Shanghai Noon like maybe a few years ago. Oh, um, I didn't. I mean, I like Owen Wilson, so I you know I'm okay with that film. I feel like one one on screen duo that I feel like definitely is especially these days because I don't think majority of you know people younger people today have watched it. But it, that's the combination of Jason Gendrick and Lou Gossett Jr. in Iron Eagle. Oh. As a kid, I thought those guys were the cool, as cool as it came. Um, first off, Lou Gossett Jr. I mean, technically, even though because of uh, you know uh, racism, that you know Jason Gendrick is the star, the quote unquote star of that movie. But Lou Gossett's, you watch it for Lou Gossett. But uh, I just thought they were cool together. I thought they were like. That like you know they're like a duo, but obviously there's a mentor mentorship role there. But I just thought, and I also thought the Airwolf movies, or no, I'm see, keeps, I, did I say Iron Eagle or Iron Eagle? No, I, Iron Eagle. Yep. Yeah, it's not Airwolf. That's a different. Uh, but yeah. I, it's, that's a different you know, combo. Iron Eagle movies, uh, and um, yeah, I, I think it's a, I think it's definitely you know a movie that is no longer in the public consciousness, but you know maybe should be. Uh, but it was a movie I grew up with. Those two together was just. And again, I, Luke Gossett just doesn't get in nearly enough respect. Luke Gossett Jr. was like the coolest dude in that period, in that like mid to late '80s. Yeah, I was gonna say I always remember catching Iron Eagle. Like, always got the tail end of it. It was always on the weekends. Like, and it was always the first one too. Like, and it was you know Jason Gedrick and and Luke Gossett Jr. Luke Gossett Jr. I will say was a standout in that movie without a doubt. Like, yeah, they, they could have replaced. Uh, Jason Gendrick's character with any other actor, but it's still you cannot replace Luke Gossett Jr. with uh, with anybody else. Uh, he was definitely one that really made it stand out. But yeah, I love the duo between the two of them as well. Man, I had another movie that was on the on the tip of my tongue now, and I uh, it was from that time period too. I'm brain is fried, and <laughs> I totally lost it. What about? Uh, I know it's a little more in the vein of, of comedy. This this is another one that came up in conversation. Is uh. Schwarzenegger and DeVito and twins. Oh man! Hey, I mean, I, it's not. I mean, there's action elements, so sure. Yeah, it's but, not uh, heavily an action. It's not an action movie by far. Um, but they, those are a duo. I think that had uh, really good on on screen chemistry, considering like Schwarzenegger at the time was very much the uh, like the action movie star, um, big buff, burly like guy, and then you have DeVito, who was you know really known at that time, in my opinion, for uh, for Taxi, you know? Yep. That's what I always remember him as. I, at that point, like, yeah, maybe something like Matilda and stuff like that, where he always played kind of this easy... Yeah, of course, everybody knows him now as, as Frank Reynolds, a trash man. Um, <laughs> so his resurgence of, 
Danny DeVito. I, I very much appreciate my daughter has her Danny DeVito uh, or Danny Dorito uh, pillow. Pillow. I was like, whoever thought in my lifetime that that my kid would be a teenager would have a, a pillow of Danny DeVito's face on it. But the the world's a very strange place. <laughs> is, now. It, is it in the uh, shape absolutely. of a Dorito? Uh, it's good Dorito in the background, and then it's like his Frank Reynolds hair, that, and uh, and uh, yeah, it's there is actually it was funny enough. There is actually a shower curtain too, uh, where it's just like it's Danny be naked holding his junk. I'm like, I'm not buying that for you. And oh wow! Put your in your bathroom. Sorry, I'm, I'm there, not that cool. There's this there's this like a very life life mask of Danny DeVito, and this very oh, very, yeah. very beautifully figured woman was wearing it at a Comic-Con, and it was the strangest thing to masturbate to, I swear to God. <laughs> I'm, I'm aroused and it terrifies me. Yeah, I, I saw that in person. So, Are you serious? Yeah, did yeah. you really? Yes. That's oh, terrible. man. But anyway, but um, Dan, Danny, Danny DeVito in a singlet is probably one of the funniest things I've ever seen, too. Uh, that guy is very well oh, rounded. Oh. <laughs> I loved. I mean, the thing is that I, I I've been rewatching Sunny, Always Sunny. Like, in fact, right before uh, this podcast, I uh, was running reports and I was actually watching the best of uh, Charlie. But I've been watching like the best of. <laughs> to me, Dennis is still the greatest character on that show. psychopath. You have to show your. You have to show your value. Exactly, dude. I, I, they're my tools. I need my tools. <laughs> Fetish shit. I'd like to bound. I'd like to be bound. Anyways. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's a great, I mean, I mean that's that's a good one. I'll give you. I'll give you points for. Uh, okay. For, for what about uh, this one? Uh, what about uh, Gene Reno and uh, and uh, Natalie Portman in The Professional? Oh, I, that was on my list. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, in fact, that movie literally is. Uh, I mean, it's basically, it's the truest sense of a duo because it's literally those two against the world kind of scenario. Even though there's some very inappropriate context in that movie, uh, but you know, it's fine. It's French. Well, it's funny. Originally, I, I thought in my mind like Taxi Driver, but then I was like, you know what? Like uh, Jodie Foster, Robert De Niro, while they're a great pair, I wouldn't really classify them as a duo. There's more like the anti-hero and the, the damsel in distress type, uh, like com- combination as well. Um, but yeah, I think I definitely think Natalie Portman and uh, Jean Reno in the professional is like one that very much stands out to me. Even though there's like obviously the huge age disparity in the movie, and um, but that's what makes it so interesting and stuff. But uh, one day we'll have to talk about the unintentional comedy of Taxi Driver. How there's like three moments in that movie where I will I die laughing every single time. Uh, so, uh, I, we're not going to get into it now, but there's a few. There's at least three moments all towards the end of the movie where. I crack up laughing every single time. And it's like a very like hysterical laugh and it's probably not appropriate, but I mean, one of them is just the line suck on this as he shoots. Like, I don't know what it is. Um, and then when he like, uh, anyways, we'll get into that in a separate uh, podcast. Uh, one, one duo that I think is very, become very iconic. Um, and I would definitely say it's more than an action film, but it's also definitely, I would say qualifies as an action film because there's a lot of action in it. There's a lot of very, explosive violence in that and that's uh uh jules and Vern, uh jules not jules Vern, uh jules and um uh you know what i'm saying pulp fiction yeah uh, yes. Uh, yes. Uh, yes yes uh, yeah uh yes. jules and uh jules and i don't know why i'm blanking on travolta's name vincent 
Vincent and Jules, yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you know, the, that I think that honestly, as much great as Pulp Fiction is, and as important was at the time, I think it was those that those two characters in, the, in that story arc which really made that film stand out. Um, and again, I mean, one of the greatest, you know, especially for at that point, Sam Jackson had been around for decade. I mean, he'd been acting for a long time. Oh yeah, had, had like a really like a starring role. And dude, knocked it out of the park. But both of them were so great together. Their conversation, their dialogue together was great. They visually, they had this very weird look, but it really worked well with each other. Um, and again, I, I think like I before I sort of got, I would say the majority of people, if you say what's your what's the first thing when you think of of Pulp Fiction, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? I guarantee you, everybody will say Jules and Vern, just because they're that iconic. You know, this the look. You know that their story that's weaved in and out of that film. So um, I would definitely put them as a list of like most iconic just film duos, anyways. But yeah, it's funny. Uh, it's action. Even even on the Tarantino front, yeah, I was thinking about this today too. Even uh, even even Dust Till Dawn, I would say uh, George Clooney's character uh, uh, Gecko and um, Harvey Keitel's uh, Preacher are really a great combination as well. Like they're, they're one too. And even though like, obviously if anybody's watching a movie, it doesn't always end well. Um, yes. I thought they had a really great banter, give and take, you know, are you a motherfucking servant of the Lord? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I love, I love that like back and forth between the two of them in that movie. They have great uh, on screen, screen chemistry and they, yeah. they kick ass together too, which is, uh, which is, which is also great. Um, one that kind of breaks the duo rule, but goes into the kind of the, the trifecta is uh, Charlie's Angels, man. Uh, both the TV series and the movie. I, I'm sorry, I know a lot of people are not a huge fan of Mitt G, and and I, I'm not always on occasion either. But uh, man, I I love the the chemistry between Drew Barrymore, Lucy Liu, and Cameron Diaz in those movies. I never get tired of watching them for a lot of reasons. But uh-huh. um, <laughs> but but I, mean, I I love the comedy and uh, and the humor in those movies. There's a lot of great action and uh, clearly the full throttle one where they they uh, kick the Moore's ass, which is uh, <laughs> which is always great too. So yeah, I mean, uh, and that one three three is not a crap. I uh. Uh, I like those movies, whichever movie has uh, Crispin Glover in it, because I like Crispin Glover. Both of them, man. I will say, if we're going to talk about trios, this will be the third time he's been brought up on this podcast. But I, I still say, especially in the realm of action film, the greatest on-screen, on-screen like, I don't want to say threesome, that's not... <laughs> uh, <laughs> trio, thank you, uh, uh, is definitely the... Uh, Sammo Hung, Jackie Chan, and Yoon Biao. All three movies they've done together as, as like the three of them together have all been unbelievable. Um, you know, Wheels on Meals, uh, Dragons Forever, which is again, I think one of my I, movies is incredible. But I definitely think like if you're an action fan and you've not seen the three of those guys together, because they always each play a distinct kind of, they all balance each other because, you know, you have Jackie who's always like the sort of, Especially when he plays with them, he's more of the cool guy or the more like, you know, reasonable. And then, you know, usually Yoon Biao either plays like a crazy person or he plays like a really, you know, kind of, um, you know, in a lot, like he's always either like the weirdo, like the, uh, the uh, Egon Spengler kind of character. Like, and then <laughs> yep. Sam Hung's more of like the uh, loud liar, you know, kind of obnoxious. They kind of go with his physique and make him more of a, a blowhard type of character, but uh, there still will always be the greatest 
film trio, as far as I'm concerned, in uh, action film history. But one other movie I do want to say, though, and it's, it was the first one when you said duos that came to my mind, and especially because the, the, the title itself is filmed. And I will argue it is a Academy Award winning film. Um, I mean, I, I don't know which. I mean, it, it definitely it won something. I think maybe for acting. But uh, but one of the greatest on-screen duos of all time and one of the greatest movies ever made is Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid with uh, oh, uh, yeah, with Redford and um, Paul Newman. That movie is p- just their performances alone. Let's get in the fact that, yes, it is an action film. The whole last 30 minutes are unbelievably violent, and or especially at that time, and very like uh, tragic and stuff. Um, uh, uh, or at least it's implied tragic. Uh, but um, but what a great movie. I mean, and those two guys had such great chemistry. Um you know, they you know, even the, the other films they made together was great. But I mean, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid is just an amazing movie. It shot start to finish, top to bottom, everything from the soundtrack to the, you know, the score to the cinematography, but the acting mm-hmm. and everything like, um, yeah, it's just, it's amazing. You know, you can't who, see who is Cassidy and Sunday. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great, actually funny enough. I, that one came to mind too. When I, when I think of duos, cause you always think of like the expression of like riding off to the sunset with like Butch and Sundance and, uh, you know, so it's, it's just very iconic and, and used in a lot of different ways. You know, one that came to mind when you were talking about, like, really great, like, cinematic duos that have, like, won awards, very action-y and dramatic, is, uh, is uh, Morgan Freeman and Tim Robbins in Shawshank Redemption. Um, I, I always think that like, Red and Andy Dufresne is, is like, to me, a, a very great, but, yeah, underrated duo, but their on-screen chemistry is amazing. Uh, and I mean, obviously, Shawshank Redemption is a fantastic movie, anyways. Um, but that—that's just one that always sticks out to me too. It's like a great on-screen presence between the between the two of them, um, and yeah, that, never never disappoints. No, yeah, I would consider it probably. I mean, I think even in, like it's considered one of the greatest three-act scripts ever written. Um, but the perform—I mean, it's the most. Very rarely does a happy ending feel as earned and as truly like happy as the end. That's the greatest happy ending of a film ever. Um, and you know, as great as you know, it, especially first off, from a personal standpoint, I love the movie because it allows people to remember know how to pronounce my last name. Um, but, um, but you know, as great as Tim Robbins is playing the character of Andy Dufresne, where he's very idiosyncratic and he's you know he's like a genius but he's quiet like as great as he's in in it isn't it it's red's pure humanity and you know his narrating that anchors that movie and really lets you care about like what happens and i mean morgan morgan freeman's a genius we all know that tim robbins is amazing we all know that um frank darabont is i think one of the most underappreciated actors of or directors excuse me of his generation but it's one of the most perfect movies ever made um you know and in the books the red is like an irish guy and you know when they you know did the movie you know they had you know uh, a black man play a character called red and i love the way like uh they play that off in the script because you know in the book it's like, he's supposed to be just very traditionally irish guy oh i'm red and stuff and it was so much better. I mean, I think what they did with Morgan Freeman is so great. But yeah, you're right. I, I don't know how heavy it is on the action portion of it, even though it's got no. some very dramatic, crazy portions. But just in this, just for the pure genius of those two guys together, one of the greatest on-screen duos of all time, definitely. 
Here, here's one that I, I think like uh, also gets weird, and this is more like in the realm of like sci-fi action. But uh, Kirk and Spock, man. Oh, of course. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're like. I mean, I, I don't think it needs to be said, but maybe to some people it needs to be said that. Uh, and I'm not talking about um, Zachary Quintaro and uh, and uh, Chris Pine. I'm talking about Nimoy. Yeah, Captain Freaking Kirk, uh, William Shatner. Uh, duo on screen, uh, well, by far. I actually just ordered a poster uh, of Kirk and Spock. In fact, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm. I've always been a fan of '60s Trek, but I'm really just for whatever reason I've been watching it more and more. But uh, yeah, of course, because they're they're the two. They're like the id and the ego. They're they're so different as characters, but they work off each other because they're sort of like opposite sides of the same coin, and where you know, Kirk is all just, you know, hard dick and like pure, he goes off of instinct. And, you know, he's, you know, I, again, I could write a novel about Captain Kirk as a, just as a character, as a literary character. And, uh, still probably the greatest, um, like leader in, in pop culture history, because, you know, as much as I love Picard and, you know, there's definitely a reason to respect Picard. The thing that I love about Kirk is that, you know, he is fully self-aware. He takes himself very seriously and he, you know, he takes his command of the Enterprise seriously. But um, there's a playfulness there and a sort of like, let it fucking like, let, you know, there's no, there's no, there's no point in uh, not trying kind of attitude. And again, then you have Spock who's pure, you know, like stifled emotion. He's trying to deny the fact that his human side gives him emotion and he's pure logic where, you know, uh, Spock is pure instinct. And, and again, and then, so they're already well-written characters, but then you, what you at, uh, um, especially in the, well, like we talk about this shows, but specifically by like search for Spock and like the chemistry yeah. those guys have is just undeniable. Like the, that whole show is literally just whenever they're on screen together, it's magnetic. So uh, I don't know if you can tell how big of a fan I am of that, uh, that <laughs> topic, but yeah, I mean, yeah. Kirk and, no, Kirk I mean, it's great. And, that, and, and that's the thing is like, there's, you know, a lot of times characters are written in a way that they're like meant to like mesh together. Their personalities are similar and they have similar traits, but this is like, to your point, uh, James, you're like, these are two characters that are that are totally polar opposites of each other. Yeah, yeah their on-screen chemistry make it work. And I think a good part of that is the writing, but another chunk of that is the acting. And I think that's like when I, when I think of like some of the, the duos we talked about today, it's like, yeah, you can write them a certain way, but like you really do need that like on-screen uh, presence to really like bring it bring it home uh, as well. Yeah, Kirk, Kirk and Spock are always like one that comes to mind because they're they're like the my favorite space duo uh oh, when, I, when i think people of always say like movies. the greatest duo is uh han solo and chewbacca, chewbacca. which yeah. i do love chewbacca so uh i love chewy but i'm definitely kirk and spock over over han and chewy um uh one one i'll bring up real quick just because it was a duo i loved as a kid and you know there's a lot of unpc-ness to the films but uh was another forty or forty hours and another forty hours with Nick Nolte. No, and, yes, I totally. I was, I was just thinking that as well. Uh, Nolte and and Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy, because you know, first off, like, you know, Nick Nolte is so Nick Nolte in that movie, and you know, that was a young Eddie Murphy who was very brash, very confident, very like, 
you know, doesn't give a shit. And that combination worked really well. And the fact that, again, they start off so antagonistic where Nick Nolte is very abusive of, <laughs> of it. But by the end of it, you there is that begrudging respect where, like, um, you know, Nick Nolte does, tr- especially by the end of Another 40 Hours, where you can tell, like, there's it is truly a real friendship. And Nick Nolte, like, really does care about him, even though they both, you know, kind of get up, you know, on each other's nerves. And, like, Nick Nolte is very abusive to him. Um I feel like another one that I feel like has to be said um, uh, for the women out there, because it is a great movie and you know, there's some definitely some action element is obviously Thelma and Louise. Yes. Um, two phenomenal actresses um, in a phenomenal movie. And I would watch Susan Sarandon do the crossword puzzle. I yeah. just love Susan Sarandon, but that movie's got so much heart and there's like so much humor to it. And like, you know, obviously yeah. everybody knows the crazy ending, which is a very much like a Butch and Sundance kind of ending. And like, very much um, so. but yeah, what a great combination, especially at the time it was like two women just sort of like being kind of outlaws together yeah. and stuff like that hadn't been done much. And so, um, you know, and again, that you feel that their friendship in that movie is feels very real, especially by the ending. So um, I feel like yeah. that's also like has to be, if we're going to talk about on-screen duos, that has to be brought up. Yeah. You know, one that uh, is some duo, but it's a, it's a trifecta again, that sticks in my mind. I only because I watched it yesterday and it, it always makes me laugh. Is the, not necessarily action. It's a little horror comedy ish action is uh, Tom Hanks, Bruce Stern, Oh, Rick Dokerman yeah. in the burbs. Like, man, those guys have such great on screen chemistry. And again, characters that are totally polar opposite to each other. Um, but uh, always, always make me laugh. I did not count Corey Feldman in, in that. Though I guess if you want to talk a great on screen duo, so you could talk about the uh, the the Corey's, uh, well, Corey Hank, Corey Feldman, and uh, Jason Newsett as the Frog Brothers and, uh, and the. Uh, Lost Boys movies, which is also, I know it's a little bit in the horror realm, but that is also a great ass-kicking duo uh, that oh, has yeah. great chemistry I mean, as well. The, Cor- the two Corys, you know, whether it was that or if it was Licensed to Drive. Licensed to Drive. I dream favorite. a little dream. Um, but, uh, I mean, you ha- that, I mean, if, uh, if I had to lose my favorite on-screen just cinematic duo it might be the Corys, just because that's my childhood well i mean they, they they were all over i mean that's the thing is they were all over the 80s i was thinking uh it's uh I'm, I'm so surprised actually like at some point they just didn't if they had known each other sooner we would have seen Corey him and Corey feldman take on jason in like friday the 13th really they like they would have been brothers like trying to destroy him or something like that but um we we will have to at some point dig into how fucking weird dream a little dream is yes um with Jason Robarge. Uh, and, uh, and I do love that song, but there, yeah. yeah. Anyways, we could even just talk about one day. We'll have to talk about just the, the last, the last few years of their film together. And like the weird, like Skinamax pornos they did together. Oh, and, like, uh, was like, that like, God. the like blown away, blown away too. Yep. Like, I, the I fact that there's blown in that title. Name, but the, Nicole Eggert. Well, Nicole Egger too. Yeah, but I was saying, uh, "Dream a little dream." I'm forgetting her name, but she, I remember being uh, head over heels for oh, her. And now that's Mrs. It, Patton Oswalt. Is it? Yep. Piper Laurie, right? What? Or Ioni Sky? No, no, I forget her name. Was it? it Ioni Sky. Is it? I thought no. Is it Ioni Sky? I think so. Let's. Uh, you know what? Went in down. IMDb it up. Okay, so we're gonna look it up here. Dream. And yes, I'm one of those people that does talk while I type. It's Meredith so. Salinger. Meredith, I, that's right. I don't. Yeah, they so, were all like they all had the same look back in the day. 
But yes, uh, Merritt Salinger was something, but now she's Mrs. Patton Oswalt, which I which I really kind of enjoy. Um, I can't. Believe- I didn't really. I'm sorry, real quick. I didn't know she played the deputy in Lake Placid either. I was trying to place her yeah. face the other day. Dang, there's a reason why I love that movie so much too. Okay. So one, I can't believe it's taken us this long to to realize to talk about is one of the most famous on screen duos of I all hope, time. It's Doc and Marty. It. Oh. Oh. Doc and Marty, man, like, I mean, does it get more iconic than, than Doc Brown and, and Marty McFly? Like, no, that's as iconic nope. as it gets. What, okay, Tank, because now you're making faces. Now I need to... Go ahead. It's a great duo, and it, it, it probably is the best. It really is, honestly. It, it Yes, I... But, I mean, like, the whole reason we made this show after one man, and we can't mention one movie that he's in, and it's my favorite duo of all time. Oh, well, I think I'm Utah, Utah and Bodie. Utah and Bodie oh. from Point Break. Oh, I thought you were talking oh. about Bill and Ted. No, oh, I totally thought you were no. talking about uh, Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers in uh, in Predator. <laughs> Dude, actually, that's a great. Actually, Tank, that is a great point. That is one of the greatest. Because yeah. uh, uh, it's because it's not your typical duo. No. We're on the same page. It's like. You you see like Keanu Reeves want to be like Bodie and be on Bodie's side and try to help him as much as he can, but they I mean up until the end too like you still see that struggle and it was just like that was like the first movie I saw. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like a joke. I'm so mad I'm shooting this guy. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, bullets will land great... somewhere. I'm just saying that don't don't do that in real life. People. And then, I will actually take that to another level. It's not only is it a great duo action film duo but it's one of the greatest on-screen bromances yes. in film history yeah. absolutely those two dudes love each other love they each did other. love each other come on man you gotta let me take it you gotta let me take it god damn it <laughs> rewatch that i rewatch that this week yeah rewatch that do not rewatch the remake no i was gonna say fuck I will that not. movie yeah yeah they ruined it you cannot capture lightning in a bottle twice. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like yeah. that's one of the most underrated action movies all from the, from the get go. Like a lot of people, like when you mention Point Break, and you're like, "You, I've never seen it or even heard of it." I'm like, "How can you not have heard of that movie? It, it's ridiculous." But when you watch it, 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 it the only thing that I, I they have the uh, they have uh, the uh, what's it the uh, League of Their Own girl in there? I think they could have used someone yeah. else. I mean, she was she's you know like Lori Petty. Yeah. What is it, Tank Girl? Tank Girl. <laughs> yeah, Tank Girl. I, she's, I like Tank Girl. Yeah. Oh, I have to say one of my I, I one of my greatest, and they're not. It's uh uh, it's one of the times where it's not like buddy cop. Uh, one of my great, and it's it's a very underappreciated. Um, um, oh God, now I'm blanking on his name too. Uh, writer of Predators, writer of uh, Shane Black. Shane Black is Bruce Willis and Damon Wayans in the Last Boy Scout. Oh they yeah, such a great chemistry together. And you, Bruce Willis, and and you know uh, Samuel Jackson in Die Hard Three also had great chemistry. Yes, that's that goes without saying. But Sam Jackson, Damon Wayans in in Last Boy Scout. At first, I think that movie's so underrated. It's so like it's such a modern noir film, but like it's like so over the top and stupid, and like there's like. It's so silly. I think we've talked about this podcast already, but it's yeah. it's such an over-the-top movie, but I love every second of it. And I actually thought Damon Wayans, when I saw that, was going to go on to become like a huge, you know, like a Action Eddie Murphy-level 
actor and comedian because I thought he was so good in that, but uh, that didn't come out to necessarily be true. But uh, nope. I just thought Bruce Willis and, and Dean Wayne's, you know, chemistry in that uh, was, I mean, amazing. So yeah, I mean, it, even that, uh, you know, he was even that he was really good in uh, Bulletproof with uh, yeah, with uh, Adam Sandler. Yeah, we had this whole conversation in my house the other day about Adam Sandler because we were talking about who be Halloween, Happy Halloween, Halloween. <laughs> Um, I I don't know I I, I you know I'll watch Adam Sandler or anything and just can't take take him. I Uncut Gems was amazing. Yeah, uh, he was. does have really good acting chops. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's one of my favorite like Adam Sandler action movies is is uh, Bulletproof with Damon Wayans. He does a great job in that movie. So uh, I feel like if people are going to be butthurt if like or say like oh you guys didn't bring up like we. For listeners who maybe not haven't watched every episode, listen to every episode, yeah. uh, we have already talked about Riggs and Murtaugh. We've talked sure. about Bad Boys. We've talked yeah. about all like the in the past. We've already discussed yeah. the great, you know, buddy Actually, cops. Yeah, buddy cops. Yeah. But uh, and we, yes, and we've, we all we've know definitely Riggs and, and we've talked about right? and we talked about they live a million times over, yeah. including on the episode. <laughs> uh, so we don't need don't need to talk about uh, yeah, David Keith or Roddy yeah. Piper either because uh, they're also a great duo. Um, so I'm bring to like some of the some of the other duos that exist. Yeah, out there, uh, you know? know, honorable mentions. You know, Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes in uh, White Man Can't Jump. Uh, you know, Cheech and Money Train. Yeah, and Money. Yeah, there we go. Money Train. Yeah. You got Cheech Money and Chong. Train. Uh, not necessarily action stars, but still, you know, uh, they do actions. Yeah. Uh, so. I, I wouldn't even say. Uh, I would say John Cusack and uh, and uh, Nicholas Cage and Con Air, man. There we go. Yeah. There so, we go. Uh, Oh, uh, Agent Larkin. I only trust two people, and one of them is you. (laughs) (laughs) I thought for some reason I thought you were talking about uh, John Cusack and Sean McCon. Why am I can't can I not pronounce Sean? uh, You know, fucking James Bond. Why am I having a hard time pronouncing? Oh, Sean. Oh, Sean, uh, Connery. Sean, Sean Connery. I was, I was trying to say Sean O'Connery. I think in my brain, Sean Connery and uh, John Cusack in The Rock. But anyways, but it was, yeah, well, that's Nick, Nick Cage and Sean Connery in The Rock. That's what I meant. Yeah, sorry. Yes. Yeah, no, you're good. <laughs> but no, that's also another great duo. It's a very, uh, very iconic line of. Winners, winners go home and fuck the prom queen. <laughs> and he, Martha was the prom queen. <laughs> so well uh you know aside from like elwood and and, and uh jake yeah. blues uh, with the blues Brothers. oh that's a perfect oh. one <laughs> yes it is it is i i was proud of but i was like that's well i mean it is it is the most iconic ever it, it's super yeah. ironic yeah i will say we we didn't we didn't talk about the the best uh trifecta duo ever this is three of us on this podcast. Hey, that's right. Hey, just don't tell Dan, Adam, or Mike. You know. <laughs> well, hey, that you know. Look, they they can be a group in their own podcast, hey, and they are. Let, uh, let, let's be honest here, though. I, I I'm definitely, uh, you know, the 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 third wheel. If we're gonna be honest here, I just you know, no. I'm just the guy that puts the show together. Y'all are the guys with all the meat and potatoes. I, I I'm the uh, I'm the the house salad that you get before the meal. No. <laughs> you should remind me of the scene from uh from the movie like Hobbs and Shaw where it's a uh, Jason Sam and the Rock and then Chris Hart comes uh Kevin Hart comes along and he's like, "Look, I'm your guy. I get you what you want." He's like, "Are you in the toilet right now?" 
<laughs> maybe, maybe this is where I'm, I'm making magic happen. I got the, you, Jet. You're playing. <laughs> what's the guy's name? Uh, James from, from Bloodsport, the the short Chinese guy, ah. with the glasses, uh, and he like he's put he puts like uh, Frank and uh, and uh, what's his name Jackson together. Are you talking about uh, women love Asian men because we're so good looking? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's me. I even have the glasses. Oh, I get dupes. Like, put up your dupes. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Okay, <laughs> oh, my God. You just, how did I forget? Frank, how did I forget Frank Dukes and Jackson? Jackson. That's the greatest. <laughs> that is the greatest duo ever. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm quitting this podcast. Oh, we, we, man. we broke James. We broke James. I people. brought it up. I brought it up, man. You're good. We we, we talked oh, about God. it. I mean, I look. Two days from now, I would have been going through my movies and seen Bloodsport and gotten emotionally <laughs> mad at myself. It's, it's I all mean, right. not as good as Steven Seagal and DMX and Exit Wounds. Oh, get out you know, of here! No. Stop. Or 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 DMX and Jet Li and Kratos to the Grave. Which I saw that movie in the theater. <laughs> Me too. And I, I can admit that now openly in public after years of shooting. <laughs> did, well, this, was a, this was fun. Did, yeah, it's a great episode. Really, really quick, I'm looking it up right now. Uh, did did uh did Kurt Sloan have a uh, a buddy in Kickboxer? He had his brother. Oh, boo! Never mind. Yeah. Well, he had, he, had, he had a cop, but he had this teacher. He had, like, I think his name is Frank, like the old, like, you know, Vietnam vet guy. Like, yeah. he had a couple of bugs in Kickboxer. Yeah. Hey, you I know what? Chuck, just Chuck, Chuck Norris and Jonathan Brandis and sidekicks. Hey, hey. It's like the movie about a duo. <laughs> a movie within a movie yeah. about a duo. Ah, oh, poor kid, man. How about, yeah. uh, how about Pat Morita and Jay Leno in uh, whatever that piece of shit that <laughs> Was it Collision Course? Was it Collision was it Course? That? Right, yeah. Collision Course. Oh well, my God! Well, you, could ah. do, you could do Pat Morita and, and Daniel and uh, Ralph Macho. Holy shit! Of course, oh, that's another. <laughs> well, I wouldn't even say. I wouldn't even. Go, you know, what? I would say. I would say even because it's still relevant today. I would say. Uh, I would say. Uh, you know, uh, Daniel Russo and Johnny. Yeah. Now. Right? Now. Yeah, now. They weren't. They were like there was two of them, but right. But if we talk about greatest on-screen rivalries, then we have yes. Not. Well, that will be another one. Right? Well, I, I think I think in se- well in foreshadowing, I think in season three we'll see them come together to unite. We'll I don't know. See. I don't know. Be so, love of a good woman. Yeah. To, oh you, yeah, because Homegirl's coming no, back, like, right? Yeah. That's what? that's uh, Elizabeth Shue. Yeah, coming back to reprise her role as yeah as as well, Ali. Yeah. Anyway. That's why I said. I said he said they're going to come together, and I said to pull a train on Alley. <laughs> I didn't hear you that, say that. that you know that. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, said, thank you so let much. It, let, let, let in the cobra. Let in the cobra out of the dojo, people. Uh, the cobra out of the dojo. Oh no! <laughs> on that note, it's, no, we always say that the, the, the late oh, shows always get risque. <laughs> and ha! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, if you enjoyed today's episode of Going Commando, feel free to follow us on Spotify. Uh, And actually, uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. Let your friends and families and grandma know about this awesome show. They like movies. And if they don't like movies, show them. It'd be great. Really appreciate it. 
I'm Tank Rush. Do your favorite duo. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Don't forget to follow us on the uh, socials, which is, uh, oh, you know what? Hey, really quick. I'm going to turn down the music for a little bit. We are moving, aren't we? Like, I think that's kind of the official uh, stance on it. Like, yeah. we're, we're uh, you know, it's a, we're, we're not going anywhere. We're still going to be on the internet. We're still going to be on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And, and more details will follow. But as, you know, probably in the beginning of, of, of 2021, we will no longer just be going commando in Texas Podcast Massacre. Maybe we don't release the name just yet. No, you know we won't. Yeah. We won't do that yet. Three uh, month, three month drum roll. Yeah, exactly. As long as we all survive 2020. Yeah, That's right. I agree. But anyway, so here's the music again. Oh, I guess it already ended. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> don't forget to fo- for for now. Don't forget to follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at the Tank Rod Pod. T a n k r o d p o d. Use the hashtag uh, Going Commando. Yeah, there we go. And yeah. It was an awesome show, guys. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Tank Rodriguez. And for Dirty Dirty Derek and Jimothy James Dean, this one's for you, Keanu. (laughs) Bye. Look, if...